Hello and welcome to the Rookies F1 podcast. My name is Rachel and normally with me would be Chloe, but she is on her holidays and this episode is a bit special. Now you may be able to see from the title, this episode is all about Kimi Raikkonen and his career. The episode will start out with just a look back at Kimi's career, his life, and then afterwards I have a conversation with my friend Kaya. They are a Finnish person as well as a Kimi fan, hence why I picked them. I really hope you enjoy it. I've put a lot of work into it. And yeah, let's get into it. I do want to say as a disclaimer, sorry if I get pronunciations wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, hopefully you can look past that. Kimi Raikkonen was born in Espoo in Finland. Living in a house built by his great-grandfather, he was brought up alongside his older brother by his parents Matti Raikkonen, a road builder, and Paul Raikkonen, an office clerk. The Raikkonens led a happy life but were by no means wealthy, with an indoor toilet being a luxury that Kimi would not have until later years. Perhaps this is why Kimi Raikkonen's story is such a brilliant one to tell. He couldn't rely on family riches like so many drivers who face an easier path into the sport, but he could rely on his family's incredible determination and moral support as he used pure pace and talent to pave his way up the ladder. Kimi's first taste of motorsport was at the age of three, when he rode around on a children's Italjet, a mini motocross bike, with his brother Rami messing up the ground around his home until he stepped into carts, which then led him to karting competitively from the age of ten. Kimi's dad spent his free time tinkering with machines and stock car racing, taking the boys to the races and allowing them to get their hands dirty. This helped as karting was a family affair and all-consuming, yet still happy hobby for them. Even though Matty had to work multiple jobs, the Raikkonens continued to enjoy sustaining Kimi's and for a time Rami's karting, with their mum stating that Sometimes after we'd packed and squeezed all the karting gear into the van, I used to cry out, I'm just so happy to be here. We always showed our feelings of happiness, hugged each other, felt close. It was our family's free time. Throughout Kimmy's time karting as a child, it was obvious to anyone that he was fast, but one of the things that really made him stand out was his age. Kimmy was racing against people that were four or five years his elder, and from this, everyone who watched and many beyond that could see that this boy was talented. And thanks to this talent, as well as some extra financial support from Paula Raikkonen's sister's husband, Kimi was able to expand his karting horizons from the somewhat awkward climate of Finland, where there's realistically only a few months in the year where racing was consistently possible, to Europe, France, Spain, Italy, the like, where karting and driving could consistently be held all year. His first race in Europe was held at Monaco in 1995, however, Kimi's first foray into Europe wasn't all sparkles and rainbows. When he was running in a very respectable fourth place, he hit a wet bale of hay on the very last lap. But Kimi never grew up expecting or living through sparkles and rainbows, so it wasn't going to stop him. Nor was his lack of English proficiency, or shyness, or lack of funds, because not only did Kimi have incredible pace, but also an incredible support system, and thanks to a fateful meeting with trainer, mechanic, and English speaker Kelly Jokinen, Kimi made new connections and his horizons were further expanded moving to the Netherlands and continuing to cart around Europe and eventually moving to England to start his single-seater career. Kimi struggled in England at first. Whilst there was no doubt that he was a good driver, Kimi was given unreliable cars. The first car was a French Mygale, a car which, according to Kimi's official biography, was slow and ugly. Like, if you're winning, you at least want to do it with style. 
After the third race, Kimi's season ended and Kimi went back to Finland, unsure of his future and instead going back to his roots, karting. But of course this wasn't the end of Kimi's single-seater career. His management eventually got in contact with him, letting him know that he'd be driving with Mana Motorsport during the Winter Series. The Winter Series brought extreme success for Kimi, with him winning all four races in the series. This success, however, was contrasted with his mandatory military service. Kimi struggled with discipline and waking up early, plus he had to frequently travel out the country for races. He did make the most of these trips though, telling the army personnel that races ended one day later than they did and allowing himself a day off, often spent at home with his family. There is one particular story that Kimi describes in his biography where a combination of alcohol and poor timekeeping led to some interesting antics by Kimi to avoid getting into trouble, and then subsequently getting out of said trouble, but you'll have to read the book for that one. 23 single-seater races. If you include sprint races, that's three less than is in the current F2 calendar. And that is how many races Kimi had competed in before being offered a test at Sauber in 2000. At the beginning of the test, Kimi could only run two laps at a time. The physical toll on his body, and especially his neck, was way more than anything he had ever experienced. On the first day, Kimi managed 29 laps. On the second day, he managed 40 laps and lapped half a second quicker than Sauber's regular driver. He even had Michael Schumacher asking who he was. After further tests, Sauber signed Kimi for the 2001 season, although this wasn't as simple signing as there were concerns over granting Kimi a super license considering his lack of experience. However, when it was put to the FIA alongside a letter that was written by his managers but copied in block letters by Kimi, only Max Mosley, the then president of the FIA, voted against granting the driver a super license. Kimi Raikkonen raced his first Formula 1 race at the 2001 Australian Grand Prix, scoring a championship point on his debut after a 6th place finish. Over the 2001 season, Kimi achieved 4 point scoring finishes and 8 finishes in the top 8, helping to bring Sauber to its then best constructors championship position, 4th out of 11 constructors. Kimi moved to McLaren for the 2002 season, succeeding two-time world champion Mika Hakkinen. In his first race, he finished in third and obtained fastest lap. In his second race, his engine failed, and thus began the pattern for Kimi's time at McLaren. Throughout his five seasons at McLaren, Kimi experienced 12 engine failures in the middle of races. To make things worse, without these engine failures and other reliability-related issues, Kimi likely would have won the 2003 and 2005 seasons. Despite this, Kimi proved throughout his time that he had the talent to truly succeed in Formula 1. During the 2003 season, Kimi won his first race, the 2003 Malaysian Grand Prix, after starting 7th on the grid. Throughout the season, McLaren continued to use the 2002 chassis though, whilst other teams improved their cars, meaning that their speed started to fall in comparison to the rest of the grid. Despite this, Kimi managed to pick up multiple podiums and finished just two points behind championship winner Michael Schumacher. The 2004 season was filled with reliability issues, with Kimi retiring from 8 out of the 18 races. But out of the 10 races he did finish, Kimi scored 9 points finishes, one of those being a win and 3 more being podium finishes. Whilst the car still wasn't reliable for the 2005 season, surprise surprise, Kimi found a lot more success. Whilst he only suffered 3 retirements, he also had reliability issues prior to races leading to grid penalties, but managed to overcome these penalties. At the French Grand Prix, Kimi suffered a 10-place grid penalty after his engine failed in Friday practice. After setting what Ron Dennis has called his best ever qualifying lap, Kimi qualified third on a high fuel load, meaning that he would start 13th on the grid. 
By the end of the race, Kimi found himself in second, only behind pole sitter Fernando Alonso. The most notable race of this season, though, is most certainly the Japanese Grand Prix, often described as the best race of Kimi's career. However, we will get into that a bit later in this episode. In 2005, the F1 racing magazine, now GP Racing, recognised Kimi as the Driver of the Year. In addition, Autosport awarded International Racing Driver of the Year to Kimi. Everyone could see that this man was championship caliber, but unfortunately he was being held back from his incredible potential by a car that let him down season upon season. 2006 was Kimi's last season at McLaren when, after the Italian Grand Prix, Ferrari announced that the Finnish driver had signed a three-year contract with them. He was replaced at McLaren by a lad named Lewis Hamilton, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. (laughs) The 2006 season was a good one for Kimi, but nowhere near as spectacular as he probably would have liked. In all the races Kimi finished, he was fifth or higher with six podiums, but unfortunately no wins. Along with his six podiums, however, Kimi also had six retirements, a mix of reliability issues and on-track incidents. All in all, this left Kimi fifth in the Drivers' Championship at the end of his final season with McLaren. Kimi's stint at McLaren will forever be associated with the question, what if, but whilst history cannot be changed, there is no doubt that Kimi drove brilliantly considering the circumstances and, thanks to his soon-to-be-told success, his driving between 2002 and 2006 is heralded rather than lost in the statistics. No need to chat about the 2007 season, it wasn't too significant. Just kidding, if we're going to talk about Kimi Raikkonen's career, of course this season is the most significant. Not only was the season itself highly entertaining, with the three-way battle for the title between Hamilton, Alonso and Raikkonen being fought right until the end of the season, but it was the season that Kimi Raikkonen got what his talent warranted the F1 World Drivers' Championship. Calling that season a three-way battle somewhat comes from hindsight as the focus by many throughout the season was on the two McLaren drivers and their fascinating and entertaining professional and personal rivalry. This wasn't helped by Kimi's two retirements as well as poor qualifying in Monaco compared to non-experienced by Alonso and Hamilton in the races up to the Japanese Grand Prix. By no means had Kimi had a bad season, having five wins compared to Alonso and Hamilton's four at this point. It was just that their slightly better consistency left them in what many thought was a two-way battle for the last two races of the season. Prior to the Chinese Grand Prix, Kimi had 90 points, five less than Alonso and 17 less than Hamilton. At this point, Kimi could only get a maximum of 20 points and so needed to perform better than both Hamilton and Alonso and hope that Lewis Hamilton, who had 12 podiums to his name at this point in the season, faltered. Something that seemed to be almost impossible. Except it wasn't. Kimi Raikkonen qualified second for the Chinese Grand Prix with Lewis Hamilton in front of him. This obviously wasn't ideal. Hamilton didn't even have to win the races to stay ahead of Kimi in the championship, so qualifying not just close, but ahead of him, made it seem like Hamilton had the championship practically wrapped up. But then the rain and the grain came. After the first round of pit stops, Hamilton lost grip on his tyres, allowing Kimi a chance to overtake him. But not only did the lack of grip allow Kimi to lead the race, but those tyres led to Lewis Hamilton sliding into a gravel trap when entering the pits. A huge and costly error. I would bet that some fans would call this a miracle for Kimi Raikkonen. The rookie that had been so consistent in scoring and scoring high at that all season retired from the race due to a mistake. 
Kimi Raikkonen won that race, but Fernando Alonso came second, meaning that Kimi found himself seven and three points behind Hamilton and Alonso, respectively. In order to win the championship from the position Kimi found himself in, he needed to win the Brazilian Grand Prix with Alonso placing P3 or lower and Hamilton placing P6 or lower. This would leave the two on equal points, but Kimi would win the championship on countback. Kimi's teammate Felipe Massa found himself on pole that weekend with Lewis Hamilton lining up next to him in P2, Kimi Raikkonen in P3 and Fernando Alonso in P4. Realistically, Kimi had a good chance of beating Alonso that day. Massa was not in the fight for the championship and so, if needed, could play a supportive role to Kimi and get between him and Alonso. But this really counted on Kimi overtaking Hamilton, which he did at the very start of the race. And then Alonso overtook Hamilton, and so did four more drivers as Hamilton found himself off track following a lockup when trying to regain the position back from Alonso. This put Hamilton in P8, Alonso in P3, Massa in P1, and Kimi in P2. Whilst this position looks to be in Kimi's favour, there was no doubt that Lewis Hamilton in one of the fastest cars on the grid could make up places from P8, considering that this incident had only happened on lap 1. On lap 2, Hamilton overtook Jano Trulli, and on lap 6, he overtook Nick Highfield. And then, the reliability issues that had plagued Kimi during his time at McLaren actually helped him, as Hamilton suffered a gearbox problem being passed by most of the cars on track until he managed to reset the computer on his car and started to race again from P18. By lap 15, whilst the positions of the front three hadn't changed, the two Ferraris had mounted a respectable 12 second lead on Alonso, and Hamilton had made his way up to P11. On lap 20, Massa went into the pits with Kimi, Hamilton and Alonso going in two laps later. At this point, Hamilton had moved to the riskier three-stop strategy in an attempt to win the championship from his now disadvantageous position. Thanks for a mistake from Massa and some incredible laps by Kimi, the Finn came out of his second pit stop two seconds ahead of his teammate, meaning that if the race stayed as it was, Kimi would win the championship. The impossible was slowly becoming possible. Kimi was doing everything he needed to do and Hamilton and Alonso had found themselves in a nightmare. On lap 70, Hamilton managed to get up to P7, but with only one lap remaining, this was not enough. And as the chequered flag came down, Kimi Raikkonen won not only the 2007 Brazilian Grand Prix, but also the 2007 World Championship. He did all he could, scoring the maximum 20 points over the last two races of the season and somehow managed to overturn Lewis Hamilton's 17-point lead into a one-point victory. This championship has helped to cement Kimi in the history books. Not only did he win the championship, but he did it against all odds. As of now, he is the most recent champion in a prestigious line of Finnish drivers, as well as the most recent Ferrari champion. Unfortunately, as much as I wish we could stay on the topic of Kimi's championship win forever, we must move on to his next two years at Ferrari, which were much less joyous than 2007. Whilst the 2008 season wasn't necessarily a bad one for Kimi in the sense that he scored multiple wins and podiums, it was disappointing compared to his championship winning 2007 season. Thanks to mechanical issues, on-track incidents, both ones that were caused by him and ones that were not, and the incredible Ferrari strategy that we're also used to at this point, Kimi just couldn't score enough points to keep up with the title fight between Massa and Hamilton, finishing 23 points behind Hamilton and 22 points behind Massa at the end of the season. 
The 2009 season wasn't ideal either, with the Ferraris lacking in pace compared to the Braun GP and Red Bull cars that finished in 1st and 2nd in the Constructors' Championship ahead of Ferrari's P4. There were moments of joy with Kimi scoring Ferrari's only victory of the season at the Belgian Grand Prix. There were also 4 more podiums for Kimi, but also 6 non-points finishes. The most significant part of this season for Kimi though was not the results but Ferrari's announcement that he would not be driving for them for the 2010 season despite having a contract in place. The Finn was linked to several teams after this announcement including McLaren, Mercedes and Toyota but eventually Kimi didn't settle with any of these teams instead deciding to leave the sport altogether. For the next two seasons, Kimi Raikkonen participated in the World Rally Championship, perhaps a surprising move to some, but certainly not to those who knew him, especially as Kimi had followed rally for a long time. Kimi joined the Citroen Junior team for the 2010 season, scoring his first WRC points after finishing 8th in the Jordan Rally, scoring his first career stage win on the last stage of Rally Deutschland, and achieving his first rally win in the, pardon my pronunciation, Rally Vosgien in France. Kimi then entered the 2011 WRC season under his own team, Ice One Racing, scoring 34 points over the season, nine more than the previous year. During his time away from F1, Kimi also tried NASCAR, much like he is now, taking part in one race in the Truck Series and one in the Nationwide Series. Whilst his forays into NASCAR and WRC didn't prove to be particularly memorable, Kimi had done what he wanted to do rather than what he should do and eventually he decided that he wanted to return to F1. During 2010, rumours had swirled about Kimi Raikkonen making a comeback to F1, some of them relating to him joining Lotus, which was Renault up until the 2011 season. This stemmed from Lotus contacting Kimi, although Kimi had said the matter was not a done deal and thus there shouldn't be any publicity about it. Despite this though, the story was leaked to the media, which then led to Kimi publicly slating Lotus. Because of this, it may come as some surprise that when Kimi returned to F1, it actually was with Lotus. Kimi's return to F1 in the 2012 season was a pretty successful one, finishing third in the Drivers' Championship, winning the Abu Dhabi GP, although he's probably more known for the Leave Me Alone, I Know What I'm Doing radio message from that very race, and obtaining six podiums on top of that. In addition, Kimi was the only driver that season to finish every single race. 2013 season was also a good one for Kimi, immediately starting with a win at the Australian GP and going on to achieve seven more podiums. Unfortunately, Kimi did not race during the last two races of the season due to back surgery. Now, whilst this success at Lotus all sounds very positive, there were negative happenings that were at first going on behind the scenes. As per Kimi's contract with Lotus, he was meant to be provided with substantial bonuses per point and per podium. It's likely that Lotus didn't expect the success that Kimi had, failing to pay him most of the money he was promised in his contract. Kimi certainly could have taken Lotus to court and financially ruined them, in fact he was probably entitled to doing that, but he didn't, not wishing for the staff to be impacted by something that ultimately wasn't their fault. So instead he left Lotus, citing the pay dispute as the main reason and announced that he had signed a two-year contract with the team that he had found the ultimate success with back in 2007, Ferrari. The 2014 season was a bit of a disaster for Kimi. Struggling to adjust to the car, Kimi, barring retirements, only beat his teammate Fernando Alonso at the Belgian Grand Prix, finishing in a season's best P4. The Finn finished 12th in the Drivers' Championship and did not have any podium finishes, something that he hadn't done since his rookie season. 
Despite his struggles, Ferrari retained Kimi for the 2015 season, where he would partner with former world champion Sebastian Vettel. The 2015 season wasn't a particularly good one for Kimi, but was at least better than the 2014 season. Kimi finished 128 points behind his teammate Vettel, but had three podium finishes and scored points in every race that he finished that season. Despite suggesting that he would retire after the 2015 season, Ferrari renewed Kimi's contract. The 2016 season was better for Kimi compared to the last two, greatly improving his qualifying and beating his teammate Vettel 11-10 by the end of the season when it came to qualifying. Whilst Kimi was beaten overall by Vettel by the end of the season, the points gap was much closer, with Kimi finishing 26 points back from his teammate. During the 2017 season, Kimi wasn't fighting for the championship, more so acting as the second driver to Vettel, who was fighting for the championship. But it was a decent season for him nonetheless, with seven podium finishes and a fourth place finish in the championship. Kimi renewed his contract with Ferrari for the final time, with his last season with them being the 2018 season. This season is probably the most memorable of his second Ferrari stint, finishing third in the championship despite four retirements that were no fault of his own, and getting his final career win, the 2018 United States Grand Prix, after making the one-stop strategy work. This gave him the record of the longest gap between race wins, 113 races, and the longest gap between first and last career wins, 5,691 days. Whilst Kimi's second stint at Ferrari was not as successful as his first, there is no doubt that he has left a mark on the outfit's legacy, and whilst it might have created a slight barrier to some fans' perception of Kimi's true talent, it hasn't stopped his popularity among fans. Besides, he's still Ferrari's last championship, and that certainly doesn't look like it'll change anytime soon with how things are going. After leaving Ferrari, Kimi essentially swapped seats with then-up-and-comer Charles Leclerc, spending his last three seasons in the sport at Alfa Romeo Sauber. Kimi's time at Alfa Romeo isn't particularly noticeable, because for most of his time there, quite frankly, the car was slow. It's not like Kimi was bad, he came 12th in the Drivers' Championship in 2019, which was the team's best result since 2013, but after the first half of that very season, the car's performance fell off, remaining one of the slowest cars on the grid for the following two seasons. On the positive side, Kimi in 2020 did win the FIA Action of the Year award after overtaking 10 cars on the opening lap of the Portuguese Grand Prix, so at least there's that. By the end of his time at Alfa Romeo, Kimi held the record for the most Formula 1 starts in history, and considering this feat, it's probably not surprising that Kimi decided to retire at the end of the 2021 season. He wasn't forced out of Formula 1, he just simply decided that he would rather spend his time elsewhere. This is really well illustrated in the prediction challenge that F1 did with the drivers at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, where Kimi revealed that his only prediction was that he would retire, highlighting that he knew all along even if many of us tried to convince ourselves that he wouldn't leave. Taking one look at Kimi's socials shows how much of a good decision this was, with Kimi obviously enjoying his time that was once scarce with his family and involving himself with things that interest him, including a foray into NASCAR once again. In summary, Kimi Raikkonen is a legend. At his prime, he was the best driver on the grid, and at his worst, he still remained one of the most popular drivers on the grid. Many will remember him at his best, and is a clean and fast racing driver, whilst many may just remember him for his meme moments, which the media defined him by, especially in the latter stages of his career. Hopefully this podcast has done Kimi justice and will help to shift the narrative slightly to show that Kimi, 
whilst he has funny moments, is so much more than just a meme and on his day was the best driver on the track. Hopefully you've enjoyed this look back on Kimmy's career. Coming up now is a conversation I had with my friend Kaya who is, as you would probably guess, a Kimmy Raikkonen fan. I really hope you enjoyed this first section and I really do hope that you enjoy the next bit. So yeah, take it away past Rachel. Okay, so I am here with Kimi Raikkonen fan, certified Finn, and good friend of the podcast, Kaya. Hi, Kaya. Hello, I'm Kaya, and the unofficial promoter of the podcast. <laughs> yes, pretty much. How do you, how do you say how do you say hello in Finnish? Well, there's many ways. Um, but yeah. Oh, give me like the easiest way for me. <laughs> uh, moi. Moi, moi, Kaya. <laughs> moi, <laughs> moi. <laughs> That's you know you wanna. <laughs> you could have just told me. You could have told me something really offensive then. Yeah, I could have, but I'm a good person. Um, you know, you, you wanna you. know how you say bye. Okay. Moi, moi. Moi, moi. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Imagine just end end it there. Yeah. <laughs> One minute in. <laughs> great, great discussion. <laughs> So yes, I am here with Kaya, who is a Kimi Raikkonen fan of, as I said, Finnish, which which helps, I think. Um, and thought it would be nice to just have a discussion with a Kimi fan about Kimi, because obviously it's nice to talk about his career and everything he's gone through throughout his career, but it's also nice to talk about him, why he was liked, which he was, very much, very much so. Yes. And what sort of his legacy is now. So, Kaya, before we get into all the Kimmy stuff, just wanted to know a bit about your background with F1, when you got into it, who your favourites are, all that. Yeah, um, so I've been a F1 fan on and off for about 10 years, since Kimmy's comeback. Um, and before that, I, uh, as a kid, my parents used to watch F1, so I was quite aware of the sport. Ah, yeah. And yeah. I uh I hated it then. I despised <laughs> it. <laughs> because, <laughs> okay, because little did you know. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, okay, the little li- little me the little child me um hated the sound of the cars. You know, in the 90s they were quite loud. And yeah, you know, the race and the qualifying and whatever. It was it would would always wake me up and I was like, I just want to sleep. Please. <laughs> Please love me. I think you know. I think of the book, um, and Kimmy saying that now the cars sound like a lawnmower compared yeah. to what they sounded like back in day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind it. I I uh, I prefer the sound that the current cars make. Maybe that's a yeah. hot take, but you know, it's personal <laughs> preference, guys. Whoa, controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I got into F one in twenty twelve, and I've been watching on and off since i've missed a few years here and there maybe it was a boring season or i, I was just busy or whatever so who are your yeah. who are your favorites on the grid now uh on the grid now uh valtteri obviously gotta support valtteri. my main man main finnish man <laughs> valtteri. <laughs> valtteri valtteri it's not <laughs> valtteri okay that's good <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. To be fair, I could not roll my R's until I started trying to say uh, Valtteri properly. Yeah. Uh, 
I won't keep saying it like that because it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna, I'm gonna just spend the whole podcast thinking of how to pronounce it properly, making sure I do. But uh, I, at least I won't pronounce it in a proper proper Yorkshire way, yeah. which would be terrible. Valtteri. Valtteri. Um, that isn't even Yorkshire. That's like <laughs> downside. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Off topic. Yeah. Uh, um. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> So, but it's not just F1 that you're into in terms of motorsport, right? No, no, no. I also, also like uh, WRC, so rally. Um, and the reason for that is because my... I actually, I'm going to dox myself here. I live in, <laughs> I live in the... Uh, <laughs> I live in the... Don't worry, yeah. Chloe's basically accidentally done it recently. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oops. Um, I live in the uh, service park city for Rally Finland. So mm. my parents will take me to watch it every year when I was a child. And... Yeah, I went and to see Kale one. Is <laughs> yeah, and now Kale is dominating. He's dominating, absolutely dominating. Um, yeah, I went to one special stage this year, and then I had a teeny bit of an accident, so I couldn't go to the rest of the stages. <laughs> rest of the stages. <laughs> Excuse my English. Uh, just a teeny one. Yeah, just a teeny one. Um, for those who, those of you who don't know, I fell on one of those um rentable electric scooters. Electric scooters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, I'm fine. Don't to worry. The best of us. Yeah. <laughs> Just it got happens. a gnarly bruise yeah. on your thigh. That's incredible. Oh, pretty sorry, cool. I think. Um, um, if <laughs> someone recognizes that song, let me know and let's be friends. Um. <laughs> so, Kimmy. Kimmy. Kimmy Raikkonen. Mm-hmm. Champion. Ferrari slash champion. Besides, obviously, the being Finnish thing. Um, <laughs> the being finished thing yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um what do you like so much about Kimi Raikkonen it's quite a big question but yeah it's a really broad question I would say that he uh he keeps it real he doesn't play the PR game with the media he he just he's just there to drive and that's it and a, a lot of the uh F1 circus revolves around you know that kind of theater media theatre and he didn't ever do any of that so I really appreciate that he's like a breath of fresh air and it's really a shame because a lot of the current drivers do do that and I understand why I'm not faulting them for that but you know it's just I'm a bit bored by it it, you almost like they almost have to now yeah in a way but Kimmy sort of pushed his own um, vibe that meant that whilst all the other drivers are forced into this PR world, Kimmy managed to make his own place where he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite incredible. And obviously throughout the episode I've tried not to focus too much on his uh personality because I think that there's, you know, niches to it that uh, better to be discussed rather than just described because so many people now think of him as the oh boah doesn't yeah. talk funny guy uh when, when it is it's more than that yeah um, it's it's more than that yeah the internet likes to um condense people down into one thing and f1 twitter specifically has decided that <laughs> <laughs> that kimmy mm. is just a funny guy who doesn't really talk a lot so that's really a shame because he was and is a, an incredible driver and a really big talent and you know a gift to the sport and i think part of it is like 
obviously there's been an influx of fans over the past couple of years and nothing against Drive to Survive fans because I mean technically I am a Drive to Survive fan as well um, but I think because of Kimmy's sort of latter years spent in the Alfa Romeo which uh, wasn't very fast <laughs> uh, I, I think because there wasn't as much to watch on track of him although he did have some good moments in the Alfa Romeo I forget what race it is but there was one race where at the very beginning he just made up uh, the tons of places on Portuguese Grand yeah. in 20... 2020 maybe yeah, I think was that when it came onto the, the calendar because of COVID. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I want, I want, yeah. We'll say, we'll say that if it's wrong, I'll, I'll put a edited correction yeah. here. Um, and I, I would if also, wasn't I would like to make a disclaimer. If I get anything wrong, uh, please don't crucify me. I'm, my brain is Swiss cheese. Please, <laughs> 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 listeners, dear listeners, we are both very tired. <laughs> we are very tired. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think because he didn't stand out as much on track because of the car mm. in the latter stage of his career, um, people just don't know him as well. But it it's not like Kimmy is a totally just quiet, completely reserved guy. It was more just a not engaging with the media type of thing because he's actually, as you can sort of, gather from his instagram a very family guy yes um and from what the media sort of over exaggerated i think in ways because i yeah so he was obviously a bit of a party animal yeah <laughs> back in the day and but there's nothing wrong with that no if he he was putting out the results on track so if he, if that's how he lets off steam, yeah, I mean, I don't. So be it. Um, people like to get on a high horse about it and be like, "Oh, you know, people shouldn't party like this." You know, that's not good, and whatever. I mean, everybody does that, though. Most people do that at some point in their life. There, you know, except you and me. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> we're saying that, but it's like we're, saying that, we're, but, we're the know, exceptions. <laughs> um, I think what the, me do, the what media do I likes think? to do that, though, yeah, don't they? Yeah. They like to take it out of proportion. Like, sure, he was drunk and he dropped off a boat in a monkey suit or something. And I, okay, <laughs> that's just that's just Kimmy for you. Why are we and making it, and a it's, big deal you know out what? of it? That's his character. Yeah. Like, it's character. Like, it's. I don't, you know, people would have been begging him to have more character and then when he shows it they go, oh no, why is he doing that? That's yeah. too far. But Kimmy, Kimmy was who he was. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And he didn't want to change for anyone. And I think that's what a lot of people, as you've stated, liked about him. Mm -hmm. So moving on from Kimmy as a person... Kimmy on track. What if when you're thinking of Kimmy on track, what would you associate him with? Like, hmm, that's a good question. I th I think I'm I'm glad you said that because I wasn't sure whether that made sense or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I think of Kimmy and his driving, I always think of um, 
I think it was Lewis who said that he's, you know, good to drive against because he's respectful and he doesn't, you know, do any kind of dangerous moves in general or, you know, he's respectful, respectful, he leaves the space, that kind of thing. So I think that kind of uh, consistency in being, you know, he doesn't yeah. care who, who he's driving against, he's just driving. Yeah, and no one would be afraid to battle with him because you all always know that yeah, he's, all the time yeah, he's, he's going to leave the space. Yeah, and he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna crash on purpose or do any you know any of that kind of dumb stuff. So silly moves. Yeah, so I think that as a driver is my favorite aspect of of him, and he also in his you know prime he was fast, really fast. Oh my gosh, he was so fast <laughs> and i really think you know um maybe a little bit off topic but i think that even in the last few years if the alpha car had been any good he would have you know been in the top five consistently i don't think he lost much of his speed to age That's it. if only he had this year's or at least the start of this year's alpha car under mm. him it would have been interesting to see whether he could have, because I imagine he would have been in a similar, if not better, place to to Valtteri. Yeah. I think of Valtteri at Imola when he got fifth, I think, and was charging up the field and, and was quite relatively close to George at the end. Mm. Um, and I just, I just think, oh, imagine if Kimi could have. Not that I think he necessarily should have stayed one more year, because obviously he just was ready to retire at that point. Yeah. But it would have. In my uh, in my own way, I would have liked to have seen what he could have done yeah. in just that bit faster car. Yeah, I was I I really wanted to see him in the new cars, in the new era of cars. Um, but also, whatever Kimi decides is what I will accept. <laughs> as a yeah, exactly. Fan. So, in a very thinly veiled segue, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. What you think Kimmy's best race was? <laughs> <laughs> um, this this has this question has definitely not been set up in advance. Obviously not. Um, my uh, entirely not prepared answer is Suzuka two thousand and five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I watched Suzuka Japanese Grand Prix two thousand five last night. You just don't get races like that no, at the don't. moment. Like the twenty twenty two season could never. We're gonna go through it a little bit, just because it is it is generally heralded as Kimmy's best race of his career. I know that he's you know at the press conference afterwards he said it ranked among the best in his career, and I'm sure he would probably say that now, just because of how impressive yeah it was so it, it's important to preface this race with the fact that qualifying was a different format then to now and the qualifying would happen with last place from the last race i like to rhyme all the time going first and everyone would have one lap yes. to set qualifying so this qualifying session at suzuka it started raining and nearer the end of the session, the weather getting worse and worse and worse, which meant 
that those who are at the front of the last race, so your Michael Schumacher's, Fernando Alonso's, Kimi Raikkonen's, ended up having to qualify in much worse conditions. Sorry, I'm just having a drink here. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Please continue. Started, started they had to qualify in much worse conditions than those who had done poorly in the last race. And this meant that they qualified out of position. Um, I can't remember them exactly for everyone else, but I know that Kimi started in 17th and Michael Schumacher and Fernando Alonso were 14th and 16th, I think. I can't remember which way around. So they're all back, which you immediately know it's going to be a banger. Mm-hmm. Like... You don't even have to watch a race to know that those three charging their way through the pack, which they were going to do because they were in the fastest cars yeah. of that year. Yeah. And basically all of them in their peak still. Yeah. Man, like at this point, Fernando had won had won the championship at the last race. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no way anyone was going to overtake him. And I think in that way, it made it a bit more exciting because there was less to lose i think for them obviously the constructors i think was still in contention i want to say um i think it was yeah because there was i remember some um uh some brouhaha about montoya retiring on the first lap Mm, so yeah so Kimi had to do well for the constructors or something i have this kind of memory i don't know if it's correct yeah so, we have, you know, lights out, away we go. I think it was, uh, was uh, I know Jensen Button was at the front, had a really bad start. So, there's all, you know, it's all going on at the front, blah, blah, blah. At the back, we have Fernando and Michael especially, making up a lot of places on the start. I don't know if Kimmy made up a lot of places on the start, because for the, like, first third of the race or even first half really most of the talk is about fernando and michael yeah. um and it's quite fun listening to it knowing what was gonna happen because yeah. it's not even like it's not even like fernando and michael had a bad race kimmy just had a better race yeah. by the end yeah. um there is a very good overtake on i want to say lap 19 that's just from memory fernando alonso on michael schumacher yeah. Um Fernando Alonso on Michael Schumacher. Um what is it? Is it one thirty R? Sorry, I've never watched a a race at Suzuki yet, so I don't know the corners that well. But just full throttle sends it. Michael gives him the space, they respect each other. Great, great. Yeah. But Kimmy's just quietly making his way up. And at this point, as you said, his teammate Juan Pablo Montoya had a nasty crash mm. i mean he was fine but you know it's a type of half the cars gone yeah there's a tire in the bush mm-hmm. like um but this was this was early so safety car you know did nothing more than really just help out slightly with fuel and tires but yeah I, uh, those. I but was, as you said yeah, i was watching the uh, highlights video on youtube earlier and uh I forgot that they used to refuel during races. Yeah. Is is later on, is it um one of the Minardis comes in 
sets on fire in the pit lane. Yeah. And on the commentary, they're just like, "Wow, it's been a while since we've had a had a pit fire." <laughs> and I'm like, "Sad, like, bloody neck." <laughs> Imagine that this and year. He just, oh my I, god. I'm pretty sure they cleaned up the car and he just went again. Yeah. Like. I was like, imagine if they did that still. Um, obviously, refueling, they don't do that during races now. I think, was it after... Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember when they banned it. Me neither. Ignore me. So. But, yeah. Kimmy quietly getting through the field. And then he's sort of behind... Was it Fernando, I think? Just going through with everyone he's sort of going through with fernando a bit yeah and i think fernando went into the pits early for his second pit stop i say that unsure but if you watch it you'd know what point i'm at and kimmy doesn't come in for a while is stuck behind the um cars of jensen button and oh mark webber maybe they were running near the front, obviously the qualifying, and you've got, um, I'm going to get the name wrong, Giancarlo Fisichella. Fisichella, I think. Fisichella. Fisichella. Um, running at the front, and he's quite a way in the front, mm. you know. He's, yeah, he's not close by any means. And Kimmy's struggling to get past these two cars in front of him. Comes in and pits, and I think eventually after the pits, He's behind Fernando Alonso, but in front of these two other cars. Yes. Great. Is he? Oh, now I'm doubting my memory. I should have taken notes. I watched it too late last <laughs> night to be talking about it now. Let me just look it up. I don't want to get it wrong because it's so good, all of it. Yeah. It's it's a sensational race. I would, if there are any um, new F1 fans watching... Or listening, rather, to the podcast. Um, I would recommend you watch that race. Oh, 100%. If you go on archive.org, you can find it. That's how I... That's how I watch... I don't think that's an illegal site. So I think it's fine. I have no idea. This is the first time I've heard of it, so... (laughs) I know, I found it out and I was like, wow, incredible. I'm going to look it up. Why have I searched up 2007? That's just the wrong year. So... Yes, I'm right. I'm looking at Wikipedia. I know better what happens now. I did watch it. I promise. I just um, we are very tired. Please excuse us, dear so, listener. Yeah, Kimmy on lap twenty nine mm-hmm. gets past Michael Schumacher, which was a very important overtake because he'd been struggling so far because Michael Schumacher was wide. Yeah. <laughs> For for some good parts of it, he was wide. Giga Shumi. And um, <laughs> Giga Shumi. <laughs> and, you know, eventually Fernando Alonso managed to get past Michael Schumacher again. He already had, but he ended up behind him due to pits. So Kimi makes his final stop on lap 45. And at this point, uh, you know... Eight laps from the end. Fisichella. Yeah, Fisichella's back in the lead. Mm-hmm. And on the, you know, on the commentary, they're saying, I just think it's Fisichella's win. He's, you know, there's no way they're going to get up there, basically. But 
underestimating Kimi Raikkonen because his overtake on Fiskella. Oh, so good. It's so good. The stuff of dreams. So he lines up the overtake and he sort of faints going to the inside. Mm-hmm. Faints going to the outside, but then Fiskella takes the inside yeah. line. And Kimi just. Woo! He just. Round the outside. Round the round outside. Round the outside. All the, the outside. way round. Round the, like outside, round the outside, round the outside. <laughs> and this is, you know, what makes this even better? It's the last lap. So good. Okay, I... And the thing is, though, <sighs> watching this race, the last eight laps, I still get goosebumps. I've seen it a million times, and I still get goosebumps. It's so good. So good. Amazing racing. Would... Please watch it, everybody. It's so good. <laughs> I'm just... I would recommend it to every single person out there that's an F1 fan to watch it because it is just one of those races. It, it, it is brilliant. And I wish I could watch it without knowing the result mm-hmm. because I think then it would be even more incredible yeah. to watch. It's just a beautiful race and I'm jealous of everyone that got to watch it for the first time back in 2005. Um, not that I would have appreciated it as much then, because yeah. I would have been five years old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I just yeah, yeah, it is so incredible, and I am gonna just pause us for a moment because we are running out of time on the Zoom call, and <laughs> I'm gonna have to set another one up again. Um, just keep running, just keep the microphone running. Yeah. We'll be fine. Um, I'm just gonna. And they call. Okay, let's do that. Start again. Yes. Um, you get the invite in a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. Waiting for the invite. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. (laughs) This is a. uh, I've um. I've been talking to Rachel and Chloe about this the uh, the Zoom thing when it cuts out the calls. Um, and I've been telling them to start using Discord. But they're not listening to me. So everybody, please kindly bully them on Twitter and tell them to start using Discord. <laughs> I know that this is kind of like a part of the uh, Rookies F1 podcast law now, um, but having to uh, restart the episode every single time is a bit of a hassle, I think. Um, so please. I wonder what she's talking about. Usually it's Chloe who does this, like sends the invite to the Zooms. Um, So Rachel has time to uh, do her silly little things. I don't know if she's doing any of that right now, because she's the one hosting the call. I was saying my silly little things, but your audio is much more fun to listen to Kai R. Interesting. Anyway, do uh, do go tell them to start using Discord. If anyone is a Discord whiz, you can of course offer your help. I do use Discord myself, but I'm not very good at it. Um, I'm old, so learning new new technologies difficult come on rachel 
Oh, <clears throat> she sent me a message on Twitter. Jeremy is deciding to update. Oh, and there, there is the update, update, the invite. Okay, let's let's see here. There we go. Hello. Hello. Okay, so there definitely wasn't a jump cut there. Totally not. Still definitely not using Zoom when it gives <laughs> us only 40 minutes. Uh, I, uh, to I totally wasn't calling you out on using Zoom <laughs> well, <laughs> while waiting for the... <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that one back <laughs> in the editing. Okay, so Kimi Raikkonen. Obviously, 2005 Japanese Grand Prix probably his best race mm -hmm. ever but do you have any other personal favorites um the thing is i always say that i loved it when he won spa but i don't remember mm. any of the race <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't a fan back then still um i would say uh austin 2018 i think his mm. last win was really special yeah i think it's it was the longest gap between race wins for mm -hmm. any driver. Yeah. Right. Still not been um still not been beaten. I don't think it was. I think will the be. only driver on the gr yeah, the only driver on the grid that could would be uh Fernando, I'd assume. Yeah. Probably. Um and that guy is never leaving the sport <laughs> until he is dragged out. Yeah. Um <laughs> quite the opposite to Kimmy really. But yeah, I think no, I agree with you. I need. I mean, I need to. I need to watch that one at some point. I wanted to, but I haven't had time. But it's it is special, and I'm so glad he got a win yeah. in that second stint at Ferrari. Yeah. So glad. Yeah. Um. Another one. I think his first win was also really mm. because the margin he won by was insane. It was like oh, thirty nine yeah. point something seconds. Like yeah. that. And I think it was a long time coming at that point. Yeah, because uh, he'd had one or two almost wins, didn't he? Uh, I think prior so, yeah. to that, mm. um, and sort of, I think was it the uh, two thousand and two French? I'm going to say the French Grand Prix, but I could be wrong. I think he was leading, but then went off due to some oil that was spilt on the track, which and then ended up second. Yeah, Ooh, that's. I I'm remember. gonna say that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's been. It's literally been twenty years. I don't. <laughs> but that li literally, literally, literally twenty years. Yeah. Um, but it's. He's yeah. It was a long time coming. His first one, and I think that's. I think that's it because the first one was a long time coming. Mm -hmm. His last one, I think people had it had so many expectation expectations. Yeah. For his second stint at Ferrari, which mm -hmm. obviously d wasn't as successful as the first one, and I think it's fair enough to to say that yeah. like he wasn't quite up there as much, and you know, yeah, I think he had he, um, you've got two champions in a team, yeah. like come on. I think he uh, he kind of slid into that place of being a second driver to Seb quite easily, and he yeah. didn't really he didn't seem to care too much. No, so, I, I think that's those, the thing um, with Kimmy. Yeah, yeah. I love those years with the, him the and drama. Uh, yeah, no drama, and I loved him with Seb. 
best years and of I think F1. That's it. <laughs> I think whilst it was recognised that at that point Seb was doing better, mm-hmm. um, obviously Seb had had his prime, if you were, a lot more recently. Yeah. <clears throat> at that point, that. And and normally in that case you would think that there would be arguments and drama mm. between the two, but Kimmy no, there's none just of that sort of Kimmy. happily got on with it. Yeah. And but I think even though everyone could see that Seb was probably the number one driver mm. what during their time together, I think everyone wanted a Kimmy Kimmy to succeed. Yes. Obviously. Because <laughs> I did. Just... I was I was really I I when I saw the announcement that he's going back to Ferrari I was like okay I hope he wins at least one race because if he doesn't it's gonna be a bit weird (laughs) and I think Kimmy's one of those guys that you just can't help but support yeah like there's no reason not to like him really when you think about it it's like his championship who did he deny Mm. Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso yeah like those two guys, like Fernando Alonso's had his championship wins. Lewis Hamilton, obviously, the very next year wins it. Like he loses the championship by one point in two thousand seven, then wins it in yeah. by one point in two thousand eight. You know, Lewis Lewis Hamilton. I think no one's gonna um, get angry at Kimi for two thousand seven, considering Lewis's success. Yeah. Nah. Since don't like, know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Um. I mean, <laughs> if someone is angry over that, I think you need to um, please watch the sport. <laughs> Yeah, I think you need to rethink your life choices. That'll yeah. be one person who's like, stop watching in yeah. 2007 because I was so excited for Lewis Hamilton yeah. to win. It's like, uh, excuse me, sir, <laughs> I think. Um, or person in general. No, that reminds I don't me know of, why um, I said so. That reminds me of a funny thing. I think it was last year. Um, Alonso was really defending that tenth P- uh, P10 from George. And I saw some George fans being like, oh, why does he care about one point? Why does he care so it's much about one point? And I'm like, have you have, have you seen what happened in 2007? He's going to care about <laughs> one point. Like, come yeah, on now. This is Fernando Alonso we're talking about. Yeah. You know, if if, if Kimmy, I mean, Kimmy cares, mm-hmm. but like he's quite relaxed. Mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso's on the opposite side of the yeah. spectrum. He cares too much. He, <laughs> he cares, cares too much. Too much. And um, I, I, uh, I do, I do like Al- Alan, so I want to make that killer. I'm not just here to like say that <coughs> that I don't like Alan. So I actually love Alan. So I think he's hilarious. <laughs> he's, um, he's my sister's favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's um, after his hiatus. I think he's uh, sort of chilled out a bit, and I really appreciate that. I wasn't necessarily a fan of him before, but now I like him. And he's helped to create one of the greatest modern silly seasons. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it is still in progress. <laughs> Woo. Um, Sensational. But yeah, obviously Kimmy's time at Ferrari not the most ideal, but mm-hmm. I think that Austin win was just made all the more special by it. Yeah, and we can look back at it fondly mm. now. So and much it's not like he's... he didn't have any podiums. He did have podiums. Yeah, exactly. So it it, it mean, wasn't a bad season for him, I would say. In general, like overall, you've got something. In we your have eye. to respect that. Yeah, I've got it out. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I would have been just sat here the whole time with my finger in my eye, like trying to talk <laughs> about Kimmy. 
Um, but obviously, you know, at that time, coming against Seb in his better years at mm. Ferrari, when Ferrari cared about him a bit more, yeah, and Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. in the Mercedes, who has almost always been up yeah. there, up there, you know, you've got three like you had we had three champions mm. all fighting at the top like how like when you think about it how amazing yeah is that that would be like right now if we had lewis max seb fernando all fighting yeah being able to fight mm. for the wins like that's when really you think good. about it yeah mm. So, you know, obviously Kimi hasn't had wins since then, but I don't think it's lessened his star power so much. I think the thing is some fans don't know about his how good he was, mm. but I think everyone who does can't forget it. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is a guy that I think, if it wasn't for his championship win... And I think I say this in the uh, other part of the episode. If it wasn't for a championship win, could have been lost in the statistics yeah. of the sport. As one of those guys that had it, but never quite got it due to the car that was under him. Yeah. Um, in his prime. Yeah. But I, I think it's almost like ironic that he he won the championship in 2007 thanks to McLaren reliability issues yeah. <laughs> like it's like they went sorry we've screwed you over for so long um here's we'll, we'll make it up make it up to you yeah um but uh, i just kimmy kimmy's great yeah he's great <laughs> kimmy's great um one thing about 2000 i'm so tired guys um one thing about 2007 that is um interesting to me is also that that's when spy gay happened Oh my gosh, yep. And the and Kimi did not give a damn. He was just <laughs> doing his thing, minding his business, and still won. And then... That's it. Like, it didn't... Because, you know, he could have been fuming, right? Yeah. That Lewis and Fernando, like, whilst McLaren was out of the constructors, Lewis and Fernando were still free to fight for the drivers. Mm-hmm. He could have been fuming. Yeah. But he just got on with it. Yeah. And you know what he the thing came is down. Though, how, oh, sorry, I just keep thinking how impressive his last two races in 2007 were. Like, yeah. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. You know, I doubt that he even knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he cared at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, was it that there was that... I forgot his name. Um, the guy who put the uh, the powder in someone's tank. Did he put it in Kimmy's tank? I've entirely forgotten whose whose tank it was. I cannot remember. Yeah. I cannot remember. Um, but that yeah. Anyway, that was a uh, very impressive. <laughs> There's like these people like canoodling trying to trying to get an, get an, an advantage, and Kimmy's just like eh, I'm gonna win anyway. <laughs> you just won, like. Dude was like, right, I've got, I'm 17 points down. What can I do the most for me? Which mm. scored 20 points. And he yeah. did. 20 points he scored. And then everything else just 
fell into place around yeah. him. I do. I genuinely like. I think the universe was just like, right, we've screwed you over a couple times. Mm. We're gonna make this right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> back in two thousand and seven. I wasn't watching F one back then, but um, I had a friend. It was who... in Kimmy Kimmy's fuel tank, by the way. It was. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Now I'm really mad at that guy. Um. <laughs> Let's go fight him. <laughs> it's on site. Let's, let's vlog it. Uh, vlog it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I had a friend in 2007 who did watch F1. They had like the uh, premium pay to watch kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we didn't. So I learned, I think, in school that Kimmy had won. Uh, and then I went home. I was like, Mum. Guess who won the uh, F1 championship? And my dad was like, Oh, for... Why did you spoil it for me? <laughs> I... <laughs> I spoiled it for my dad. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't... So you were going to find out soon anyway. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that they were going to show the entire race on free TV um, and dad was going to watch it and I spoiled it for him. Oops. <laughs> he had managed oh, to, well. uh, like... I think it, if I remember right, um, I think it was on the news or something, and my dad had managed to avoid it. Oops. Oops. Sorry, dad. These um, things happen. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I just like what I, I really hope that this podcast highlights how good mm. Kimmy was. Yeah. And how impressive his first stint, especially in F1, was. Mm. And how incredible that 2007 season was and the, the ending of it. I, I really hope that this podcast has helped that message to to come across. Hopefully. Um, Kimmy, we love you. We think you're great. Um, he's happily retired now you can see although he's he's doing nascar nascar things i think it's is it this week or next week i think it's pretty um soon. something like that. uh doesn't matter if we date it if you listen to this in the future you don't oh yeah. it could be any week <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah kimmy's doing his thing now he's he's happy he's um got his his lovely lovely family and He's left. He's left a mark on motorsport history. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't think anyone can ever, you know, dispute his talents. Um, if you look at the whole whole of his career, and not just the uh, the last few years of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he was one of the greatest drivers of the two thousands. Yes. Like Hands he down. was. There were times. That he like 2003 season mm. probably better than Michael Schumacher who won the championship mm. just let down by the equipment yeah. like Kimi lost that championship by one point one point it I'm was pretty something, sure. something pretty like sure. that yeah it was it was a stupidly close margin it was mm-hmm. that and the 2005 season where without the mechanical failures he yeah likely would have won i mean obviously we can say what if he didn't mm-hmm. have that and then if there were no mechanical fails failures with other people then blah, blah, blah. 
but he was so impressive and everyone should know yeah because <laughs> he's not he is not just funny bois quiet man mm. even though he does have those moments and they are funny one of my favorites being the um grill the grid from last year where they're asked to, to name all the champions <laughs> and what as soon as he finds out that when he gets one wrong he um he can stop yeah. he's like oh i won the championship in 2006 and they're like oh that's right he's like oh what a shame oh i guess i'll i guess i'll have to stop i guess i'll have to go like i think that's one of my i think it's an underrated kimmy moment because yeah, and is. i think his personality shines through in that moment as well it does. like um, that's the real kimmy that kind of like, deadpan humor <laughs> yeah it's um just a great great driver fun guy mushroom um d- sorry uh <laughs> I just I thought of the joke, but like there were I didn't say the joke. I just yeah. mushroom fungi. Okay. Mushroom. Anyway, sorry. And I really hope that this episode has helped to bring that across. Any last comments, Kaya? Mm, I have one last flex. I have seen okay. Kimmy race. Live. Oh, that is a flex. It is, um, but not in F one. Um, in rally. I think that in that is a flex. And ten. I'm and were you even like really year. aware of um <laughs> i was like the, because the, my parents made a huge deal about it they was like oh kimmy's gonna be driving you know we gotta gotta go see i mean we were gonna go see it anyway um <clears throat> but i was kind of like mm, that's a really famous person <laughs> that's <laughs> and for and for a much cheaper price than if you went to see yeah. an f1 yeah much, a lot cheaper. Much cheaper. A lot cheaper, oh. guys. Um, Crikey. Just, just for um, for a reference, the uh, rally pass for Rally Finland, which gets you everywhere it, to the service Everyone. park and all of the special stages, it costs ninety euros. That's. I won't say how much I spent on Silverstone, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you can get it for eighty if you just have the. Um, the e-ticket or like the mobile version because mm. i got the um the like collector's edition sort of lanyard thingy so that was nice yeah euros. so everybody you should watch rally it's been a really interesting season so far yeah this is just rally prop yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> i'm here with this Maya. whole episode it wasn't it was never about Ki- kimmy it's it about Kalle. let's go com- <laughs> <laughs> I just scratched the rest of the episode. Oh no, it's like you've been listening to this for however long. Mm. Time for time for <laughs> more information. Callie, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. I mean, um, the thing is, though, with, I just want to say this. Okay, uh, we're gonna talk talk about rally now because I want to. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, as I said earlier, I couldn't go and see most of the stages because of my thing, mm. but. Um, Esa-Pekka Lappi, who's the uh, other Toyota driver, Finnish, he uh, had a bit of an incident. Incident. Just an incident. Incident on one of the uh, special stages. uh, His tyre kind of flicked up a really big rock and he flew, hit a tree and bounced back onto his windshield and made a really (laughs) big big crack on it. And then I think he kind of rolled his car and 
something and they had to like kick off the front windshield yeah and drive yeah. without it like <laughs> rally's a different beast man okay and then and then that's not even all the uh there, there was some problem with the cooling system in the car so um they kind of stopped and they had to like get the marshals and get their water bottles and kind of put it in the in the cooler it wasn't enough so they just got some like buckets or something and got water from a nearby lake and put it in That's the car <laughs> and then they drove so fun and he came in third overall he came in third like that's <laughs> oh man I'm... every time i watch rally i'm just like this is great i just i just want to like emphasize that if you like formula one i would highly recommend you watch rally as well it's so good and there's some amazing moments in there um and it's been a really good season and there's most likely knocking on wood gonna be a finnish champion this year first time in 20 years so it's really exciting we love, we love the Finns on this podcast yeah we, we do love the Finns. <laughs> second <Says> biggest <laughs> listener base <Hell laughs> mostly <yeah>. kaya <laughs> doing better than the me. americans yeah better step your game up americans Come i'm on. watching Come on, Americans. But... Afraid of little old me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kaya. No problem. Doing no problem this. at all. Um, I hope that this podcast has given you more insight onto Kimi Raikkonen, whether you watched him throughout his time in Formula One or not, whether you knew much about him anyway or not. I really hope that this podcast has been something of substance. Mm-hmm for you and yeah i oh this is exciting i get to do the whole ending bit that, that chloe normally says okay who okay got you can do it you can do it this one i can do it it'd be good if the script came up okay that is it for this episode of the rookies next week we will be previewing the triple header coming up so Spars and Fort Monza it's kind of weird to talk about it because we've already recorded it as of when I'm recording this but yeah Chloe will be back for that one uh, she is still on holiday but since we recorded it before she'll be back and yeah that should be fun if you want to keep up to date with the podcast then make sure to follow us on our socials at the rookies f1 podcast on instagram and at the rookies f1 on twitter and youtube and make sure to tune in next week i mean you've listened to this podcast enough you know what's coming next guy yep one and have a simply lovely day yes all right Goodbye. See you next week. Moi moi. Moi moi. Moi moi.